Welcome to the Press Conference Podcast. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Stiff Cut Records and the Dream Division. As Dave mentioned last week, we're stoked to announce our first sponsor of the pod. Uh, we have some fun stuff coming up over the next few months uh, with them, including this episode. If you haven't seen the title, uh, go check out their stuff. They've got heaps of exciting stuff going on at the moment, more stuff coming up in the future as well that you're all going to love. So yeah, great to have them on. Uh, my name's Philip, and I'm here with Dave. Uh, Maka is no longer with us. Um, he hasn't Rick died. Macca, he hasn't died. You. He's just not on the pod this week. <laughs> and now you're stuck with me. It was almost Dave. a replacement episode, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was an audition. <laughs> I have to disclose that you cannot be replaceable. But if there's... Oh, well, it was an audition. For, it was an audition for me. It was to know, okay, can Maka handle the banter? And he clearly can. So now you can be replaced. <laughs> Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm replaceable. You fucking dog. You didn't even tell him that I'm not replaceable on the pod. <laughs> yeah, he ambushed me and it worked. You're weak. You're so, weak. <laughs> the next episode will be Phil and the replaceable. Fellow, fellow Collingwood supporters just ganging up on everyone else. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, not much. I'm really excited for this episode. Uh, we've recorded that a couple of weeks ago, and it's just a really good, wholesome chat. We go deep, and Alex is, yeah, been a really good guest, really big supporter of us, and I appreciate that he kind of didn't hold any punches no. when, he, when he's with his songs. I think that's a good thing with Alex is we we've known him... Well, I mean, just like fucking everyone else we meet, <laughs> we met over COVID. Um, yep. And yeah, I think this kind of was in a run of, we did it, we recorded a few episodes early just because it, I was going away, football's on, <laughs> things like that. Um, and no, I really enjoyed this. So I can't wait for this one to come out. Um, I, I love listening back to our episodes sometimes, some episodes more than others. And I think some of our last few I've really enjoyed, including this one. So um yeah. Yeah. So this week we have the head honcho, the crazy scientist behind Stiff Cut Records and the Dream Division. Yep. Um, he started off with a lathe and we'll go through that a little bit. Now he's pressing some spicy stuff from mm-hmm. a whole range of different uh, bands and genres. Yeah. Um, from here in, in home soil and some overseas stuff as well. So yeah. It's, pretty impressive the the footprint is kind of made in the in the last year it's pretty crazy and i think some of my favorite variants uh have come from him and you know before he was doing official um like his own field records and presses and things like that i know he did a bunch of charity stuff that was one of my first field records and yeah he's just really pushing the boundaries and i think it's really cool especially that he's in australia it gives a lot of aussies like you know a chance to get these records compared to some of the uh overseas uh collectors who just always seem to fucking get the first dibs on things but um yeah he's doing some really cool stuff so uh go check them out i know next week we'll be doing a bit of a shit talking episode dave in person so i think we'll talk a bit more about some of those releases uh together um but for now yeah go check out their website um we'll drop the link in the bio um but most importantly enjoy this episode with uh Alex.
So, welcome, Alex, to the pod. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Finally here. No, I feel like yeah, we've been talking been... about this for ages. Yeah, it's been a little while in the works, but yeah, good things come to those who wait, isn't that what they wow. always say? Well, don't talk too soon, mate. It might be a flop <laughs> of the playlist. <laughs> oh, no, no I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen to get through some of these. And I think some of these songs that we'll talk through later, like I know, Dave, we've had conversation about some songs and albums on this list separately. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to be cool to finally talk to them on about them on the pod. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, me too. Like it's, I'm sure everyone says it, and um, it's so difficult to to like 15 years of like metalcore and hardcore, and then you've got pre that, so there's 20, 25 yeah. years worth of songs to try and push into 10. So it makes you think. Yeah. Um, well, we're stoked that you've. I know you're a very busy man, a bit of a mad scientist, as people listening might know. Um, what's been going on? Have you been keeping busy? Mate, it's, that's an understatement. So working full time and then two kids and look, I refer to it as a side hustle, but it's kind of being a full-time job at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to kind of juggle. Um, but slowly plugging through, just write a list and knock off bit by bit by bit. Pressing plants tend to stitch you up by like saying, Oh, we've got three full presses ready to go. No, 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 please don't send me three. Like I just, I want one at a time, send them when they're ready. Oh, but it saves you on shipping. No, please. I'll pay <laughs> $150 extra. Please just send them one at a time when they're ready. Yep. So, you know, it's it, it's better to have them in hand, but then it's also just that kind of, it's one man running it kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, here's 700 records. Now it's time to box. <laughs> Yeah, I don't envy you at all. <laughs> yeah, because that would be hell. Yeah, and I mean, guys that collect records kind of understand it. It's the people that are the uh, casual collectors that um, not give you strife or grief, but it's um, I don't quite understand that. Uh, yeah, it's not your full time job, and you're like, ah, you put up a video last week of them in stock. Why aren't you shipping them yet? Oh, you know, (laughs) it's because I've got 10 records here and, oh, can you, like, can you join all of them together? No, I can't do that. Like, I just print out a label and there it goes. So, anyway. (laughs) So, I think, like, just to take it back and throw it back to the people listening, similar to how Dave and I met, we met through... COVID lockdown, um, just through collecting records. So I think it's been really cool for Dave and I to see, you know, you start off as just a collector, then you got your, your great sale, got the lathe, you've gone through the process. <laughs> now you're doing, you know, stiff cut dream division, proper presses. How has the last few years been for you? Um, and how are you keeping up with it? Like, <laughs> I mean, what's Mate, it been like? Um, I can't even tell you the, Ah, upward spiral, downward spiral. I don't even know what you'd say, but it's like, like you said, start as a cool, yeah, sideways, just forever growing. Um, it's as you both know that uh, it started off collecting. I was just, I've been a vinyl collector shit for the last twenty odd years. Um, I've always collected stuff. It started with stamps, but anyway, so then moved to to records because my mum and dad are into music. Um. And then it's like, well, 
what's the next thing? I really love to understand how to make it happen and work. And so that's when the the big sale come and bought the lathe and went through a lira and um, and then uh, actually the band that's just about to uh, drop their album, Asaka Punch, they kind of were the catalyst to, to get into pressings. Um, right. I'm good friends with um, the lead singer Jack and Crispy and um, we had always discussed when the lathe had come in, they're like, yeah, yeah, cut some records, but then kind of like a not so much a light bulb moment, light bulb moment but like a, a moment where I said to Jack, yeah, the lathe's here and they've got like five, 10,000K kind of socials and listeners a month and a lathe's not big enough for them. And they're like, mm. look, we want pressings. And so that was kind of the moment where we go, let's make it happen. But like our good friends, AVVC and Summit, I don't want to do what they do because we've got them. Um mm. It's kind of like, well, let's just start playing around with absolutely batshit crazy records and fills and go from there. And it's kind of just snowballed super hard, um, mm. which is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but it's it's fun. Like, it's loads of fun. I remember when we were talking about it and you messaged me one day, you're like, I think we're going to have to start pressing records. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and then, the like, yeah, and it just went kind of just exploded from there, especially, like, with all the field stuff and that. Yeah, well, gives I've, you I've got of, you to thank you... for the that name, mate, the Dream Division. That's, oh, that's, yeah. all, that's all Dave. I, I forgot that was you, Dave. That was <laughs> Dave. That was so, just a, yeah. I don't even know where like, it kind of come from. It's like, or, or what even in our group was the kind of, like, what did we need to follow? It's just like, oh, let's just do what was something. It? I think you were talking about, was this? It was okay. it was like a section of your site for the field yes. records, I think. Yeah. I think it was and as you were doing that them. first lot of trials with the charity, I feel. Yes. Actually, yeah. you're right. Because yeah, you made the movies for it, I think. Yeah. From memory. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And there was a couple of other names that were like Dance Gavin Dance related and <laughs> um, I think Shark Dad yeah. was one. Yeah. Shark yeah. Dad was one. So, Shark but yeah, we kind of really uh, took that dream division by the horns and ran with it. So it's um, it's kind of weird because it's like now it started off with Stiff Cut Records and it's slowly morphed into SCR and the dream division still like to keep the stiff cut there, but mate, I'm not doing any cuts at the moment. It's just so, so busy. It, it's too time consuming. Yeah. Mm. Cause I, I was keen to know. So when you decided to get the lathe, right. Did at any point, like, what was the goal for that? Like, did you think that, okay, I don't want to do presses at that point. You want to just do something cool and creative on the side. Like what kind of led you to go straight to lathe rather than just pressing records? Um, I've, I've always been collecting, buying, just being enthusiastic about the whole process of how to make records and understanding that. And the pressing side of things is so complex and, dangerous if you don't know what you're doing especially when you're talking about like a 
1200 psi type steel steam boiler you can't really have that in the backyard um mm. it's like well what's the next best thing and it's the understanding and working of that geometry of a groove where you can only fit a finite amount of data in this microscopic groove and yeah just understanding that and it's like i've i think i was actually doing a count not long ago and that on disco lathe that I ended up with was probably lathe number nine um, between shit 10 years worth of buying and doing art selling them because they just weren't right. And um, yeah, it's, it was, I didn't actually even think about starting a business. It was purely just an interest. And, you know, if I'm brutally honest, when I was, when I bought my first lathe at, I would have been like 23 or 24. Um, it was, it was like, oh, I could bootleg shit. And I just <laughs> didn't understand the music industry or anything like that and how kind of detrimental to the music industry bootlegging is. And um, that's kind of where it started. And it's like, I bought this suitcase lathe for like 150 bucks. It was, it was absolute yeah. trauma. And I cut my first record, put it on the record player, and it was just screech. Like, couldn't even understand anything. Like, well, this is a little wow. bit harder than just dropping a needle on and hoping for the best. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty long, hard and fast learning curve. Well, I didn't even realise it was your, like, I what? thought that was your first label. So did I. Most recent yeah. one, so no, you kept I... that quiet a little bit. <laughs> that's the first first reaction every, everyone's had. Oh, you've got a lathe. Can you cut me this? Press me this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can you cut me this? Can you cut me that? <laughs> Mate, that's just, even to this day, well, it's funny. Like, I still get them. And I tell people, no, I'm not going to do bootlegs. I just, I'm, I refuse to. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, you did a fills. Can I send you two records and you make me a fill? <laughs> I can't. I just can't do that. <laughs> I can. So I've still got, like, I've got a big mastering lathe. That's the Neumann. So um, that sits at work. And one day I'll get it to cutting proper masters. Um, mm. But it's like, it, it's 150 however many thousand dollar machine and we're at 99 percent, and that last one percent is really expensive so um yeah it's just it'll sit there and wait it won't lose value or won't i mean it's sat there for since the 60s so um another wow. 10 years won't matter yeah damn it's a passion project like people that build cars you build lathes yeah. <laughs> and look That's it sick. is and it's like anyone with those kind of long-term projects it's like you can't generate money off it and you need money to pay for it to do the stuff. And it's yeah. kind of this <laughs> shitty brick wall that you just hit. It's like, well, I've got to do the mundane monotonous shit to make money and I'll put a bit of money into it. And it's just a time consuming beast. And let's throw pressings into there as well. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. I'm just slowly drowning. No, it's been good. I The support from everyone um is unbelievable you guys the scene bands um it's heartwarming to say the least yeah and i think um look i don't know whether to bring it up now or later on but i guess talking about the brand the bit the bands and the albums you have started to press 
I mean, how's that been? Because I felt like, like you said, it's been a bit of a snowball. It's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I felt like you started with the Lyra and then all of a sudden you were doing D's Nuts and Agnes Manners and then you've got like all these bands, right, that are big, in my opinion. Um, how And I know Sean had a big part to play in a lot of that and getting totally. you on board was a big part of it. How quick did all of these ideas start to come to you guys? And I guess um, like opportunity to press stuff. The- it's like anything with, um, uh, it, I guess, back 10, 15 years ago, um, you uh, you just do anything to meet bands and do anything for them. Now, artists and bands are just so accessible. Um, mm. I'd love to say there was this ridiculous... Um, ridiculously lucky kind of interaction that we had and it all eventuated into this artist and this artist but it's it was honestly most of this is like on instagram hey um jj want to press naughty boy oh yeah you want to do naughty boy well i got all the d's nut stuff as well what the (laughs) hell right let's (laughs) do that or like dave like it's i say fuck i'd love to do fever shack dave I know the dude's brother. Done. There's Phoebe Shack. Five minutes later. (laughs) It's so, it's such an awesome time in the scene at the moment versus like back in the day to get anything from artists, like some of the artists on my playlist, like Blindspot, to get anywhere near them, you had to join the street team and then just be like, I was in Australia and they're in New Zealand. Like it was just never, you could never talk to them and, the likes of Fallout Boy, like not not even now, but now you can add them on Instagram and say g'day and they'll just say hi back and accessibility is really awesome now and it's – and then, I mean, we did a Lyra and then you go on to a Babarusa, which I've got Jace to think of, like release number one, massive metalcore, Brisbane band of all places. But once you get like – one or two of those under your belt, you go, oh, Matt from Agnes, we would love to do Fantasia. Oh, yeah, oh, you've done JJ, Naughty Boy and D's Nuts. Yeah, righto, why not? So once you've got those one or two under your belt, mate, it's um, we're booked out now for so long, it's not funny. It's just we are... we've had to say no to so much work, which is gut-wrenching because as much as I love doing the big artists, um, the little guys are the fun. Um, Mm. These are the guys that just – and, I mean, I shouldn't say artists have money because no one does in the music industry, but they just don't have that pull or that reach like the likes of Deez Nuts or – so, yeah, We'll do little stuff, and but there's some there's some real big ones that just out of just sheer, if they say no, they say no. If they say yes, <laughs> bloody beautiful. Like, don't be afraid to ask. That's the biggest thing that we've learned. Yeah, that's crazy. It um, is. It's nuts. It uh, it reminds me of what Jeremy Baum says all the time. He's like, you only have to work only a little bit and you can work with your favorite bands or artists and yeah. it's like you just you just have to send an email or a message and it's, and 
Exactly. You might right. not get a reply straight away, but you might get that yes. Yeah. Gets the ball rolling. It's yeah, you're dead right. And I mean, I think it's a fairly good philosophy to to run your life by and always take your shots and don't like don't die wondering. Like it's just just ask. Like at the end of the day, all these artists, no matter how big they are, they're just people. And I think they just love to kind of chat and be a human. And, like, the likes of JJ and D's Nuts, like, I was sweating mess when I got to talk to him and, and go through it. Same as Matt Gravelin from Agnes. Like, I know he's not as big as D's Nuts and JJ, but at the end of the day, they just, they're these artists that want their stuff on physical and mm if you can make that happen, they're just forever grateful. And it's such a, an awesome experience all around. I will say, I mean, growing up, I mean, these nuts, especially because I used to see them nearly every other weekend. They'd play an all ages show somewhere in Melbourne uh, when I was growing up. And I mean, it wasn't until probably COVID and, and through vinyl and, a, and ABBC and stiff Card and Alira and all of these bands yeah. that you start talking to at shows. I saw these uh, nuts support, uh, was it Ocean Grove, and yeah. after the after the gig, went up to the merch table and ended up talking to JJ for a good twenty minutes. And I'm thinking, yeah. I said to him, I said, I've been a fan of you my whole life, and I've never had the guts to come and talk to you. But he's honestly just like a normal dude. It, and I think it totally the is. last few years for me, especially, and even Dave, like talking about shooting your shot with Jeremy, like we yeah. sent that email on a whim, and then yeah. we ended up having like a three four hour convo with him. Yeah. And it's just like these bands are just people. Um, exactly right and, and dude, as soon as like, that like kind of the switch flicks it just yeah. opens up so many doors i think it, it does the you, you send that message like the the big one for me was jj and it's like oh it's, it's these nuts like i'm this little tiny person pressing vinyl like you'll never say yes but it's like uh, i don't know how you guys were with jeremy like like but when i sent that email or when sean hit up jj and it eventuated into to these nuts. It's like, why was I worried? Like, go meet him at the we Brisbane gig, and away you go. And then you think, why didn't I ask sooner? Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't. I didn't sleep the night before we had. We were on with Jeremy and totally. Like, I don't get that. <laughs> Seven a.m. in the morning, we recorded because he's in yeah. the US. Yeah, and like we'll just make it work for you. I was up on the call with like Phil at like quarter past five or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like we're going to prep, get the questions down pat. What are we going to talk yeah. about? And then we and get then, on and he's just like, I've got, so, I've got, I don't have a limit because we're like, oh, we might have him for 40 minutes. And he's like, I've got, I've got time. And then we were on the call for like three and a half hours. It was yeah. so, like I say to everyone and I speak to Sean nearly every day and we just always, that, that episode is just so amazing like organic it's just it was like a chat with mates it's like you dudes had been honestly friends for fucking ever it was so good like it just and it i love what you guys do and what jace does and it's it brings that normality for these artists and like we always say at the end of the day, they are just people that have this mm. artistic outlet and it, it's amazing to be able to hear their story instead of through lyrics and music. It's um, 
it's such an honor to be able to like talk and chew the fat that's really all it is it's just look around and talk music that you're both passionate about i think that's like an almost a perfect segue then to getting you on because as much as to us you're just you know the mad scientist alex guy we've been talking to just flicking ideas to us for the last few years um, I guess, you know, in regards to the local scene, Stiff Cut's become a pretty big name in that regard in regards to vinyl. Um, and so talking about your musical journey, we, we normally kick off and just ask, you know, how did you get into music? Like, what did that look like growing up um, to where you got to now? Yeah, well, um, as you can probably see by my playlist, it, it goes all over the shop. There's, there's super pop. There's, I don't even know what you would call them, like black metal, death metal. Yeah, there's a bit of everything. Um, Dark wave, I think. I don't even know what you call. I actually looked it up. I thought, you know, this track I'm talking about. I even looked it up. Like, what do you class them as anyway? So, as a kid, um, I was forever getting dragged to um, RSL gigs because my dad um, played in a band, a covers band. Um, Nice. So he was a lead guitarist in a band called What's To Do, and uh, my mum was also in a band, but that was pre-me being born. So music's always oh. been in the family pretty heavily. Um, I never got to learn an instrument to my kind of disgust now, but um, as much as I wanted to pick up a guitar, I just did not have the patience. So um, my family was super pop-orientated, so... Um, Growing up, Dad would always listen to the Beatles, Southern Sons. Um, Mum was Bay City Rollers, um, like horrific pop. And (laughs) I would go to school and, Dave, you're my age and you would never go to, like, school and say, I love Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera. That was just, like social suicide it's like no i love crazy town yeah sure i love lincoln park (laughs) i didn't like them (laughs) i just did not like them at all at that stage and um so year eight nine ten started to come around and you go through that rebellious stage of um oh your mum's listening to Shakira and Shania Twain. I'm not going to listen to that shit. Or The Cause. I remember going to Melbourne and listening to The Cause album on bloody repeat. What a terrible album that is. <laughs> um, so oh, it's like, what? Like oh, dude, it was so bad. And mum's like trying to secretly record us because she's played it. It's on rotation for like 19th time. And she like you can't help but sing it. And it's like I will run away. And I got you recorded, and then that's now just embedded in eternity into a videotape. Like I oh, see you like the cause. No, it was on repeat. It's <laughs> it's like Chinese torture. <laughs> um, so no, I uh, look. It, it it's kind of morphed into my rebellious stage of. Um, Oh, look, that's where I started to listen to heavier music and by heavier music, I'm talking crazy town. And I wasn't allowed to li- listen to Limp Biscuit because that was just too, too much for mum and dad. Um, yeah. So I had to be on the radio to be able to listen to, but it had to be heavier and um, yeah, kind of just slowly snowballed from then kind of when I started to 
download from Napster. Um, and at this point, like my uncles had hotted up cars and they had the very first like double din seven inch screens. They paid like four or 5,000 bucks for these things back in like the early nineties. And it's like, well, how can we work out how to get like video stuff on here? And so I just went down the rigmarole of downloading or trying to download video clips. And as that kind of era got easier, um, started to like broaden the horizon because there was a website called videopimp.org and that was all I would do was every week they would release three free videos of it was always heavy stuff so it was toxicity cradle of filth carnival um there was uh mushroom head motorhead there's just all these heavy bands and I'd be listening to them just lapping this up going what is this stuff this is unbelievable and that's kind of how it eventuated to now and I just um love me a bit of screamo um that's kind of where I've ended up and that's my relaxing kind of bit is the the heavy stuff now and don't get me wrong I do love pop so kind of do a mix but I do my playlists on my car is now predominantly heavy I'm glad you said that you were into pop early on because I was also the same. Oh, like I have dug out some old singles and stuff in mum and dad's yeah. garage, and it's like All Saints and stuff like that. Yeah, I whoa, Dave, this is a new side. <laughs> it didn't take me to year eight or nine. I think I got out of the pop pop um, yeah. trend until yeah. like grade six, I think. So, but it was it was just everywhere, like on TV. TV hits and all that kind of stuff. There was no way to find anything new until like, the internet it. started, really. Exactly right. Um, just it was everywhere. Rage, like Channel V. Like, that's all I had was Rage and Channel V on Ostar. And yeah. you would just log on and, and there it is, the top 20, over and over and over and over again. Like, man, I feel like a woman. Bang, there's that ch- ch- Shakira, there's just all that kind of pop shit. Um, Avril Lavigne, like, oh, Avril Lavigne was it. Like, that was that was probably my first punk song that I liked <laughs> just because she wrote a skateboard. <laughs> uh, so cool. But, so yeah. We're moving to, like, collecting. Yeah. Um, so do you remember the first record you bought? I do. It was... Um, uh, it was a Fallout Boy single, actually. Um, a little less sixteen oh. candles, a little more touch me. Um, the pink seven inch that I got from a a store called Toonbull Music, and it was kind of before the likes of JB and Wowsight and Sound took over the world. And these guys would like buy or import stuff, and there was a tiny little itty bitty section of vinyl and it was only seven inch and i actually got panic at the discos a fever you can't sweat out um box set um the cd box set with a live dvd in there from toonbill music and that was kind of the first record that i bought and i held on to it for ages and ended up selling it um but anyway but yeah that was the first record and i actually didn't even i was like 90% 90% of vinyl collectors are now and didn't play it. Um, I didn't have a record player. So um, it sat there until one day, I don't even know the light bulb moment, to be honest. It was uh, 
it's probably during my like I would have been 17 18 or 19 and I breathed sweat slept everything fueled by ramen fallout mm. boy paramore the cab um hey monday anything that that label put out i was on and i think fueled by ramen had a sale and i'd bought um uh bought take this to your grave the blue record hey monday the cab um paramore the the blue swirl all on like oh. ridiculous um markdown sales all for six dollars 99 us and they couldn't they just couldn't sell them they couldn't throw them out and so i bought all of those and i still got them to this day it's oh apart from the fallout boy album but um yeah it kind of where it started and I'm like oh, i probably should get a record player and listen to it and as you guys understand as i don't think the general or normal population understands vinyl quite as much as what we do but you put the needle down and you just get lost in it so and shit i'm looking at them now but there's over a thousand records now so and that's not the ones that i'm pressing yeah that's fucked. yeah doesn't take much for them to uh to kind of start multiplying oh. it feels those two years of covid no oh man i don't think i'll match the, that incoming list. i don't think anyone will match that at all that period no. was insane for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think most people that we know especially, yeah. their collection grew so much. Uh, it would have uh, tripled, if not quadrupled, during that period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to quote how much mine grew. but <laughs> <laughs> Enough. It grew enough. Yeah, it grew enough. <laughs> it grew I, don't, I don't need anyone listening to this finding out. <laughs> I'll get bloody burned at the stake. But, oh, uh, mate, I, I've got records that I bought during COVID that are still not open. I was like, oh, I want that one. Oh, I want that one. It was just like a kid at a candy shop. It's like, oh, mm. look at these pretty lights. Oh, I need it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so I guess up till now, what has been the most recent record that you bought that isn't one of something you're pressing? Uh, I actually got um, Idola and Secret Band in the repress today. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, it was a good one. And a mate of mine in the States got me um, Director's Cut by um, TTG to the grave. Yeah. Um, they're clear with red splatter. So, um, yeah, that's been the, the last few. It's slowed down so much, but um, as it happened, I just got shit tons in today. So <laughs> it's just one of those kind of peaks where all the pre-orders come in at once. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to maybe bring the mood down, but what is your relationship with vinyl now that you, I guess you could say work, work with it, right? Like nearly full time. Are you still as in love with vinyl now as you were before you started, you know, pressing your own stuff and being in the business of it? I'm not going to lie. I am. I'm, I don't get to listen as much as I like. Um, I'm a real avid listener of kind of anything and everything. Um, I'd love to be able to listen more, but I still get that kind of little dopamine hit when a test press comes in and I get to actually sit down and really listen to it. Um, that's just my, uh, 
my happy places, regardless of the record that's getting played. It's um, you sit down in front of the in front of the player and just just listen as deeply as possible, and that's kind of what vinyl means to me. It gets to it forces me to sit down and listen to an album how the artist wanted it to be listened to. I can't skip it. I um, I can't fast forward to my favourite song. It's start at the start, wait till side A's done, get up, flip it. And that's the real draw to vinyl to me is that um, I get to listen to a piece of art that an artist puts out and how they want me to listen to. Um, unlike the likes of Spotify and Tidal and all those other things where it's like, I just want this favourite song and have a list of favourite songs. Um, I get to hear an album and the progression of an album and um, especially all the storytelling throughout. That's kind of what I love about music. I love that. It's beautiful. I think like we talk about, regardless of Spotify, one or whatever, but listening to albums. Mm. Like, I don't think I'm not really a playlist person, Dave. I don't think you are no. either. No. Um, and I think vinyl just, which is ironic because we do playlists on this podcast, but. <laughs> no, and look, but sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not We're like not, we can yeah, do your top 10 favorite album playlists. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way you described it is the way people describe playing sport. Mm. It's like you put it on, you go out and play sport and you forget about everything else that's going on. You just totally. focus in that moment and you just like in the moment. And it's really hard to find that kind of stuff now with like phones and hundred percent, obviously kids and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really hard to kind of just focus. The forever scroll and the forever new content that's always getting pushed in front of you. It's, it's nice to slow down and just take it in, even if it's just a 30-minute album or a 20-minute EP, whatever. It's just, uh, yeah. especially if it's something you love or you you have a connection to because it's your favourite band or your mates that are putting out a record. It's, um, it just means that little bit extra. Yeah, for sure. Sure. I love that. So I, I guess then to a positive then on the back of that, um, you've got a lot of really, really pretty vinyl. Um, and I'm sure out of all the ones that you own, there might be one that you've got a really unique story of or one that you just love a lot. Um, yeah. Do you have any like cool stories? With yeah. Stuff? Look, I've, I've got a couple um, other than the one. Uh, there's two that mean the most to me and the, the it's not even pretty um one's a black seven inch to be honest and the other one's a a blue and white smash where and the blue and white smash is a sky sailing album and um that album just means shit loads to me because that's my dad's favorite album and i bought that for his birthday back when he started to like or getting back into vinyl he was mm. obviously in the vinyl era and I bought that for him off Amazon for like 16 bucks. And wow. um, I gave that to him and he'd listen. And we'd talk all the time about how much this Sky Sailing album's awesome. It's not our city. It's this different kind of mellow, non-pop, electronic. It's, it's, it's far more indie. It's like so 
like pop yeah totally so he loved it didn't really like um our city but this sky sailing an airplane um took me really resonated with him and as a result that kind of resonated with me and um it's kind of like the 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 last kind of memory that i have before he passed away um with cancer is the last kind of conversation we sort of had about music was about that album um we had other conversations which are pretty rough but yeah that was the last kind of music album we got to really talk about um mm. that one's really special and then the second one was the wolf and bear um seven inch record that i saw dance gavin dance the last time they were out in australia with vale of mayor and i really wanted to see vale but um as it turned out um tim was actually outside at the bright side and like i said at the start like shoot your shot and i went oh, you know what i'm gonna go up to tim and say good day and i was there for an hour and a half just talking and discussed just talking about vinyl it was so amazing to talk to this artist that i look up to and just idolize and to just talk about where he lived and at this stage he was showing us the videos for headhunter that hadn't come out oh yet God. and he goes oh do you listen to records i'm like yeah, yeah i love it and he goes stay there so he ran inside comes out five minutes later and passes me this wall from bear seven inch and says oh here just you can have that that's my other bed at this stage didn't even know that he was in another band yeah. and we all know well maybe you don't tim ended up passing away probably 12 months after that um from a fentanyl overdose so i've never really got hit hard by artists passing away but man that one hurt so much yeah. just to have that connection i don't think you would even remember it but to me having that time with somebody that i just loved and to lose that to like i won't even lie it's like i'm i'm thinking to myself because covid hadn't happened i'm like when dance going dance come out i'm not gonna even see another band i'm gonna go straight up to tim and say i've got this fucking wolf and bear album still mate thanks so much i now bought everything else wolf and bear and i don't get that yeah. opportunity unfortunately but um yeah. yeah they're the two big ones that i would say are the, <clears throat> the the real heavy ones for me that um when i'm feeling real shit i'll put them on so yeah it's kind of a weird headspace you feel low and you put the worst ones on that make you feel the the worst but it's kind of we, we, I feel we, a related, we, we live for that shit yeah um, I think you'd be surprised. I think he'd remember that for him yeah, to spend like an hour and run inside and, and get that for you. Like yeah. He'd remember that because he'd probably have so many interactions of people like pissing his pocket or whatever, but like a genuine yeah. interaction would be something that would stick with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was so it's funny. Like, like, yeah. I pull one, the one thing that I can pull out, like you think of Tim and the bands that he's in and, and I say to him, what do you listen to at the moment? And forgive me, because I'm going to probably do a fill with Sepultra. But um, <laughs> is it is it Existention? Is that the, the rapper? Like Triple Existention or ex Existential? Oh, ex I'm, I'm not even Anyway, try. so he loved this, like, 
I don't even know what you would call emo, it. Like SoundCloud rap. It is. And yeah. that, that's just something that I'll, I'll never forget was him just talking about how much he loved it. And, yeah, it blew my mind. That's so good. So Don't cancel me for um... saying that wrong. You know what? I, I've just Googled how to say it. It's uh, XXXTentacion. Okay, there we go. I'm so far off. Yeah, so, there's no way you can guess that. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. I didn't know that. That is... Uh, oh, fuck. That was a real... That was real sad when he passed away. It I remember talking about... Tough. Like, briefly about, like, your story. And uh, so that's special. That's a good moment. Yeah. And actually, the, the um, I might I might be breaking the rules here, but the Dance Gavin Dance song that's in the list is oh man is the song that was released released the first the first song that was released after his death, and that one's always oh, just God. resonated every time it's played. It's yeah, it's such a a weird feeling listening to it because it's also our Fraser Island song, so it's like oh, it's this. Sad, such a sad memory of spending time with somebody who's now gone, but also the happiest memory of going to Fraser and spending time with your family. So um, it's one of those songs where, and I'm sure you both got, you both have it. It's like if it comes on randomly, you just don't skip it. It's mm. it's there. I'm listening to it now. Like I have to listen to it all the way through. And if anyone disrupts me, I'm starting it again. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, I've got thoughts on that song too about that whole situation, so I might hold my thoughts there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fuck, it's a great track. I'm going to quote Phil and just say that he said to me off, off, off mic that he's looking forward to talking about Dance Gavin Dance with someone that actually likes them. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time they get brought up, it's just like, yeah, cool. So, uh... yeah, wow. I, I don't have that substance. I'm sorry, but I appreciate them. I don't hate. No, it's fine. And I think there's so much songs, there's so much music we talk about that I'm sure, Dave, you bring up stuff and you're like, fuck, look at this Phil. He just doesn't give a fuck (laughs) about these underground bands. You know, (laughs) it's like anything. I've said it to you guys in the group before. If there was only a handful of bands that everyone had to like or did like, man, the world would be boring. Like, there's just so much content. And that's the beauty of it is like, like, I know Matt Farrow, he loves Dance Gavin Dance. So uh, <laughs> I get to talk to him all the time about Dance Gavin Dance. And, you know, I, I, and like spoiler alert, he hates them. But, you know, if he liked it, then I couldn't have this kind of banter that we have. And it just makes life so miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Music's awesome like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's good. I think, you, to be honest, like you're the first person I know that really likes them. So I always get a bit giddy when we talk about it. So I do. Like, there's not. I feel there's not many Australians that like Dance Gavin Dance. Um, well, fuck, I don't know. Every time I've seen them, they've gotten a decent crowd. Totally. I know they're playing some pretty big rooms in a few months. So, yeah. maybe, fuck, who knows? Maybe Dance really Gavin Dance are today's age, like what Dave and I grew up with pop. It's like, oh, you don't say you like Dance Maybe. Gavin Dance. That's, that could be it. I think You know as well, I, I, we talk about this all the time, Dave that, and, and Alex, we live in this small pocket of the internet oh, <laughs> where 
we see the same shit from 3,000 people. Yeah. Whereas we were, we were at good things last year and looking around thinking, who the fuck are all these people and where are they? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know where these people are, but yeah, yeah, we live in this small pocket and it's just a bit fucked. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, it's probably also that all of those people have moved on from Facebook and probably on TikTok, which I'm yet to try and get onto. So it's like you get caught back in where this pocket of a scene that loves this genre and then we're in that pocket, we're in the Facebook pocket and then in that Facebook pocket, we're in this group pocket. So it's just whittled down. And so, yeah, but yeah, I'm sure that there's, well, clearly there is because they can sell out these massive venues and book them. So, you know, yeah, there's got to be fans that love them. Yeah. Well, they just sold, I just saw that they just sold out their biggest headline show in LA like yesterday or something. And I'm like, that's crazy. They're still growing. Um, yep. After all these years, right? So good on them. I mean, when I started getting into them, I was, I'm only an Evertillion fan. So don't even talk to me about Kurt or Johnny Craig. Um, but um, <laughs> like Dance Gavin Dance were like this weird underground band especially the johnny era and the kurt era um yeah tillian really brought him into the mainstream and the first album like nobody kind of saw and it's only now that they're so big and they've found their sound and yeah like that new song that they just released they know what works for them they know it works for their fans is every song that they bring out now it's just like I need more. I need the album. I just need it. That's yeah, that Yeah, I need it too. Four vocalists on that track too. Like oh. that's fucking... And no features. They're just in the band. Like, that um, is... Well, I don't, yeah, we're not going to make this a Dance Kevin Dance pod, but fuck, that is impressive. That is so oh. impressive. <laughs> I'm kind of like gutted that during the... And I'll bring it up, but I'm during the whole Tillian saga. Like I'm kind of gutted that uh, Andrew Wells didn't do the Dance Gavin Dance tour to Australia because... Fuck, I, that, I've got a man crush there, on yeah. that guy. Holy moly. Oh. He's another... Well, I've heard that doll. they rotate so the merch desk. So if I see him at the merch desk, I'm going to be like, hey, man, can I just grab your arms? Because oh. they're fucking huge. Oh. Can <laughs> I just lick them? Because holy moly. <laughs> he's just a... Like, he's another one. Like I did at the other show, I did the VIP. And yeah, out of all of them, um, Tillian, Will, and John were the kind of stand back. I'll call them the introverted type. Um, yeah. But man, Andrew and um, Tim were the ones that were just out there talking and just so cool, so nice. And as soon as I met Andrew, it's like, well, I'm now doing the I dial a deep dive because I just love yeah. him. So yeah. Anyway, we won't say we won't make this a dance gather yeah. dance pod. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> That's all right. I just yeah, as I said before, I just don't have that substance behind them. I've known about them for a long time, but yeah, yeah I just don't have that history. So it's fine. You guys oh, can look. I was there. Like, I, I definitely was there. I remember trying to like because I don't know if you, Dave, were ever on Vinyl Collective or Phil, like the old message board. And three quarters of my collection is from Vinyl Collective. Yeah, it's like I'd say mine's about that too. And mm-hmm. like you would see in the new Vinyl Collective message board, new Dance Gavin Dance. And 
I mean, you know what? I only give it a go. I'm going to listen to it. And I just typed in Dance, yeah. Gavin, Dance. And I think the first one come up was a probably a happiness song was their biggest kind of thing. And I just listened like, this is rubbish. Why the shit would you <laughs> like this? What a yeah. terrible. And I left it for like five years. And then I think it was a random YouTube clip where uh, Robot with the Human Hair come on. And I'm like, what is this? That is not Dance Gavin Dance. And that was it. The rest was history. (laughs) I remember because – oh, so you go, Dave. That's okay. I just um, remember, like, I've been using LastFN for, like, 10 years. And you go through post-hardcore tags and and you go, oh, Dance Gavin Dance. They're, like, three bands from, from Thursday. I love Thursday. This is this isn't like this. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> so disappointed because you so really want to find that next band that's like yep. the band you love, and it's just not the same. No. <laughs> See, Thursday is yeah. one for me. Like I just never, 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 never listen to it. Oh, yeah. You I, should. I know, but that's the problem. We're too much content. Too much going too much on. Content. Yeah, it's content. Yeah, fuck, that's cool. Sorry, Phil, I cut you off a couple of times here. No, no, it's fine. I was going to say, look, to be honest with you, I think Killian, I liked them beforehand, but I didn't love them. Mm. Uh, And then I didn't even realize Tillian joined the band. Um, And I missed Acceptance Speech uh, when that came out. But then I was on YouTube one day and the video clip for We Own the Night came up from Instant Grat. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, uh, And that's still probably one of my favorite Dance Kevin Dance songs. That's Um, such a good song. And then the rest is history from there. Yeah. Like ever since, I don't think they've released a song I don't like. No. Um, Dead right. They just, to my, and obviously your ear, the way that they write songs and sing it and the melodies, just yeah. that's got my brain. My brain goes, I like that. We're, we're in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, Should we move on to the playlist? We absolutely should, Dave. Take it off. Yeah. This will end the Dance Gavin Dance segment. <laughs> for now. For now. For now. Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> so, Alex, uh, we've we've kind of spoken a little bit on the on a higher level um, about your playlist, but uh, do you want to tell us about the theme or, like, the idea behind it? Um, there is absolutely no theme. I was trying to do the Macca suggestion list, and didn't oh, like it. Oh, so, Mac is going to love that. Shout out. Yeah. We like that suggestion, <laughs> just suggestion list. But, I, you know, I ended up just going, what are the songs that, like, back to that random thing, what are the songs that when they come on, I cannot skip for the life of me. I just yeah. cannot do it. They have to be played. Um, yeah. And that's what it is. And I kind of had a 20, 25 songs from there and then went, well, these two are kind of similar. They're obviously the same artist. Um, yeah, and then just all whittled it down and then kind of got to a stage where they, all the songs have a, a story and a meaning behind them. So that's what, yeah, nice. that's what it is. Well, it's a great list and, like, you come out firing with uh, Carnival Fumata. Yeah. Which is like one of my favorite openers. Just it is. Um, that is an epic opener, and then the lead out to it, just that guitar, oh, that just sends shivers up my spine every time. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, 
It's not even the opener, it's the second song. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, is it, is it not Cody? Anyway, it's one of them. Co- yeah, Co- I guess Cody's like the intro, but they kind of lead into each other. Yes. But, yeah. Um, tell us about Thamata and Carnival. Yeah, so um, Carnival I started to get into, like I was a massive Butterfly Effect affair, um, fan. I got to see Butterfly Effect back when there was a lot of all-ages gigs. I saw them at a Morayfield Amphitheatre um, and it, it was the kind of progression. I went from Butterfly Effect to, to, to Carnival and, like, Butterfly Effect begins here. I just listened to constantly and then it might have been on MySpace that all of a sudden Carnival Thamata come up and it was that track and I went, this is insanity. Like this song, I don't even know how old it is. It's well over 10, 15, I think. And I reckon it's like 20, isn't it? It's old really? age, but it is still as current. 2005, I reckon. Wow. Current and 2005. It's nuts. Just an epic, epic track. It's yeah. just the classic kind of Aussie rock that my ears love. I think it's one of the best albums in the rock scene in Australia, in, in Australian history, in my opinion. Easily. Um, and I know Dave, we've spoken about this so many times, but... I, I think it's the best debut, debut album in Australian oh. music. You know, I haven't admitted this to anyone, but Thamata, the album, is so good that I am still yet to listen to Sound Awake or Asymmetry because... I go, no I, I, I haven't listened to them. It's like, I've got Sound Awake here. I should put that on. I put it on the first track. I, it's just not Thamata. <laughs> put back on Thamata and away we go. Like, yeah. It so. is sonically different, but it is so good too. I know. I've heard Sound Awake is epic. Symmetry is not great. Yeah. Yeah. A, a symmetry I'm not big on, but that's no, just because I wasn't listening to New Carnival in like what, after I finished high school, um, like 2013 or yeah. 14, I think it came out. But um yeah, before that, fucking classic. Yeah, just massive. And, like, then shutter, shutter speed straight after. Just amazing. There's not a bad track on it. No, 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 no way. I think I've... And there's a live band as well. I've not even seen them this. live. I'm so oh, gutted. What? Never. Oh. Never. We saw them one night in Frankston just before... It was like Anzac Day Eve. And they used to play cool. gigs in Frankston. And we were going to leave and they did like a surprise encore and we're like halfway down the stairs out, oh. of, out of the pier band room and they started playing Roka Fort. Oh. And we just oh started, we ran back upstairs to see <laughs> Oh, him. wow. It was incredible. He's one of the best front men. Man, I don't know about you guys, but like I will, when I like a band, I just deep dive hard. Like I'm getting into acoustics live anything like snippets behind the scene of them doing an acoustic during a meet and greet like that's me i'm listening to them and hearing kenny's voice playing thamata live and the inflections that he puts on his voice at different venues and gigs each one is different and i just live for that it's like i'm gonna listen to this one it's got to be different to this one i'm gonna listen to it again like that's a true artist. Like he's yeah. just unbelievable. So talented. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mind you, I can't really get into birds, so but yeah, carnival, unbelievable. Oh, universes is goaded. Yeah, also one of the greatest albums of the yeah. history. It's a second one though, so it's not a debut. We've been through that. So <laughs> um, let's play Carnival and a couple others, and we'll uh, be back after a little break. <laughs>
So at the top there, we had Thamada by Carnival, followed by Crawling by Linkin Park, but the Mike Shinoda reanimation version. And then we had Four Down by Blindspot. Uh, pretty good bracket to kick things off. Talk us about the Mike Shinoda reanimation of Crawling. Interesting. Yeah, so I chose this one because, like I said at the start, I really didn't like Linkin Park as a kid. Um, but that reanimation album was the first Linkin Park album that I listened to. And the reason was um, when it was released, um, it was the first album that I really got to sit down and, and listen to a track and not, I'm not talking about just listening to it like I was still a record player. Like I intentively listened to this track and this is because it got released on DVD audio, um, a lost format where um, the only way you could play it was on a DVD player, but it was an audio. That was it. There was no picture, no video, nothing. It was mixed for 5.1 and my dad, loving kind of music and sound had the proper setup and you put this this reanimation dvd audio and this album swirled around your head there was parts coming out of every speaker and it just i was just absolutely got like amazed and just it was a lava lamp moment it's like you sit there and just think what is this and how is it sounding like this and every track was mixed and separated insanely and um i then went back to hybrid theory and and listened to the originals and just look the originals are epic don't get me wrong um but the reanimation album is just phenomenal especially in 5.1 and i I think they've released it on Mm. atmos and if you ever get to into dobby atmos um hearing that whole like points of authority um in the end, all those remixes just swirl around your head. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, you guys, the, the listeners are going to be listening to it into two channels, so unfortunately you don't get the experience that I got to listen to. But, um, yeah, it, it was that. It was the first album that really made me listen to music. I really like that. That is a really cool story. I didn't realize that that's how it was released originally. Well, yeah. Um, So I think, look, originally it was a CD, but um, I don't know how many listeners or even Dave, if you know, but DVD audio was this really kind of weird niche pocket of music. Again, JB, before they started selling white goods and other stuff, when they were kind of this big enough to be a wow site and sound, but still like indie enough to get all these weird and wonderful things imported in. And they get a lot of, imp- yeah, yeah, they used to get a lot of import imported stuff. And I used to, s- I used to see them, but I never grabbed it. It was unbelievable. So I, I remember going to JB at Kedron and that I bought, um, and I only bought it because it was DVD audio, but I bought reanimation cause I loved it. And then the other one was dark, um, was Nightwish's Dark Passion Play. Um, and at the time, my dad bought Fleetwood Mac um, Rumours as well. That was on, that was remixed in 5.1. And again, it, it kind of revolves around my dad. We got to sit down and listen to those three albums. And that Nightwish album, I'm nowhere near, would you call it black metal? I don't even know what you'd call it. Um, 
like neither of us were that fan, but to listen to it swirl around your head and have this like black metal drum kit, guitars and vocalist followed by this like atmospheric orchestra in 5.1 was just just an experience. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where that, that album really sits and I just love it. I still love it. I've got the record. I've still got the DVD audio that I bought from JB and um, I can't play it because I don't own a DVD player, but um, <laughs> still got it. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I just love like knowing you and knowing that you're such an audiophile, right? And I think hearing these stories, I'm just like, this makes so much sense. Uh, that's so that's that's such yeah. a cool story. Yeah, it's a great track, and I mean, like now that Chester's gone, it just amps that kind of specialness as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then moving on to it, I guess. I mean, you're opening three tracks, uh, very different yes. from one another, which is really cool. You had Fall Down by Blindspot. Um, I think, Dave, and I know you, you're a big fan of this Love band. So Love about, about them. Fall Apple, ah, Fall Apple. Um, Fall Down from Blindspot. <laughs> so Blindspot was an absolute random um, happening. Um, I don't know about you, Dave, or Phil. I, I don't know. How old are you, Phil? Like 24? I'm 28. I'm 29 in like two weeks. Uh, weeks. So, look, Rage Rage for me and probably Dave um, was on pretty much most nights and I would go to bed as like an 18-year-old. I was lucky to have my own TV, watching South Park. I'd fall asleep um, and then wake up and there's usually like softcore porn on and then I'd fall asleep again and then Rage would be on. And one night there was just this absolute, yeah, yeah, this absolute random I woke up and Room to Breathe was playing and it was this scratching um, like new metal core-ish sound. I go, what is this? I've never, ever heard anything like this. And... I, I, I watched it and then I remember waking up the next day and then going onto MySpace and just going, who's Blindspot? Oh, it's a New Zealand band going straight into it. And Falls Down is just one of those deep cuts that the song doesn't mean anything to me other than it being Blindspot, but it just, it it's like the Dance Gavin Dance songs and Samada. It just, twig something in my brain that it's like if I've got to pick a blind spot song it's that spot that song and anything that blind spots done I just eat that up like the I hope they do end the silence because that that album's like what the self-titled is but just no kind of DJ scratching or anything like that um if mm-hmm. if any one of the listeners hasn't listened to that self-titled album it's raw it's it's just amazing. Like I just would urge anyone to listen to that album. So good. I agree. And yeah, that ra- those rage moments are just yep. exactly what uh, we used to do. Like yeah. this uh, HPV thing at, at school. So you do like twenty four hour races, yeah. and you just go and back into the gym and watch rage yep. till your next turn, yep. or whatever, and like. 
to find all these new tracks. Yeah, actually, another track that I found via random waking up one night was um something with numbers. Stay with me, bright eyes. That was another one that just come on. I'm like, yeah. what is this? Wow, this dude's awesome. And so yeah, it was. There's been a few amazing tracks that have come from absolute sheer ass. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I know Rage is still around in, in, in a way, right? But I just don't think people are watching telly the same. And I think I really, I don't, I don't feel sad for the future of music, but I do think that there is a bunch of music that will just never, never get found because it's all about the algorithm and it's all about TikToks and it's not about yes. Rage guest programmers or just no. Rage programmers putting in songs that they just like because they're like, fuck it, this is a cool yeah. song, right? It's all yeah. about that bullshit online so yeah. yeah i love the story it is a shame and i i don't know how hard it was for bands to crack the myspace era but yeah you're right the the whole and you guys understand as much as i do trying to run a business page and crack that algorithm that's a full-time job in itself to kind of work out what to do and then one week it just changes like talking to the babarusa yeah. guys when we were doing marketing for there like rungy to drama is like you've got to do a picture with no links it can't even have it typed in the in the, the title page it's got to have a face it's got to do this and sure enough bang there it is it got seen by ten thousand odd people one week later let's do the same thing gone absolute nothing like well, how do you know these things so it, it is it, i do uh, that gives me anxiety hearing I, that I, happen dude it's and like TikTok as well. Like you'll do a video of like doing spray painted records and you then do like, we were trying to do marketing for the head rec Alira tour and you put that up mm. and there's a link in there. <clears throat> Gone. No, they're not going to put that in front of anyone's faces because you're trying to link away from the platform. So just it's mind numbingly hard. And you're right. I do feel sorry for the kids um, that, uh, can't really well i'm sure that they've got their way of finding stuff but um yeah all these bands that like content dude so much of it and how do you get it out there yeah how many bands are on silly goose and abbc like days like these and all those guys that just deserve the world but nobody sees them no it's uh I mean, I, I'm not a Spotify user, but I've started using Spotify just to see what the monthly listener numbers are because I think that's really... Yeah. I think I, I hear a lot of bands talk yeah. about that, right? And not that I ever look at it because I use Apple Music, but I've started looking and it's just wild to see how big some of these bands or how small some of these yeah. bands are, right? But it's just like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> see, I use Tidal um, and that's the same. Like, don't even get to see the monthly listeners or the streams, but I think I was yeah. listening to jace and burjo talk about the good things lineup and they were talking about fallout boy and they're like oh you know Fall, fallout boy have got a billion streams of their song and i'm like no way does fallout boy have that like they're in weird underground kind of pop punk and sure enough holy moly they are 
like I'm just oblivious to those numbers and you're right like there's bands that holy shit yeah you're right I'm looking at their their thing right now they've got 26.5 million monthly it listeners is, that Taylor Swift song that they featured on has already got 39 million how ridiculous like this is a band that I found from a fueled by ramen and from take this to your grave and like look at them like what it's, the fuck? Centuries has got one. Is that? Look at thanks for the is, memories. Is that billion? Centuries has got one yep. billion. More than thanks for the memories. Oh. What the fuck happened there? How did that happen? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, that's it's crazy. So, yeah, fuck, like. Fuck, uh, fuck Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Spotify. I'm a massive kind of. Well, you know, all streaming are kind of the devil, but it's. Spotify's the fucking worst. Yeah. Dogs. Although, I, what <laughs> I hated about doing this, the playlist for you guys is Samata isn't on title. So I had to open a Spotify Ooh. to be able to Rough. listen to it. So terrible. You know what was, though, on Apple Music that wasn't on Spotify for a few days? The new Dance Cabin Dance oh. track. And I really enjoyed that. Because <laughs> everyone on the Dance Cabin Dance forums are like, When's it going to be on Spotify? And I'm just sitting back thinking. It's like title. We were there because <laughs> they want the big dollars from streaming. Yeah. They want they want exactly right one tenth yeah. of a cent instead of like one fifty fourth. Like we're slowly getting back yeah, to the dance. Sorry, dance sorry, I'll, I'll steer the ship, Dave. I'm sorry. Circle so back to the next track. <laughs> the next I'm track. Do you, you want to say this? No, I've, I've been practicing because I'm like, I know this is going to come back and bite me in the ass if I fuck it up. <laughs> well, the next track is Cradle of Filth, Nymphetamine Fix. Oh, good job. Which well it's kind of a bit of a trend because I actually looked into a little bit of Cradle of Filth like, uh, before we jumped on, and this song actually has 26 million it's, streams. So this is what? It's probably track. their biggest track. What? And I think... Yeah. So I don't know if you've listened to the album, um, but so there's there's one song title. I'll probably I'll get in trouble if I from my wife if I say the name, but it's like track two, um, Gilded. <clears throat> um, but I <laughs> so I found this track via this video pimp downloading illegal albums, and this track was on, and the angelic voice of I can't even I don't even remember her name. Um, who features on it. And then it was kind of like, I, I don't even know, would you call this death metal, maybe black metal? Uh, I'm terrible with genres, sorry. Um, but <laughs> I think it's dark wave, like yeah. death metal. I, the only reason I know it's dark wave is from the IT crowd. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> dark metal contemporary band ever. And hey, mate, if you're listening, can we, uh, can we incorporate that into the uh, socials for this episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was kind of like the first, I'll call it deathcore, let's say that. It was my first kind of deathcore that, song that showed me that it didn't have to blast you in the face scream in your ears it was refined held back it's not even quick like super high heavy beats it's it's just a ride and I remember listening to the video clip and seeing the video clip and I went, I need to download this on Napster. So I downloaded Cradle of Filth, Nymphetamine, 
and that's an actual different song that doesn't have the angelic voice in it. And I'm like, what is, what's happening here? What, have I just been scammed off Napster? What is, what is this? And so I actually downloaded <laughs> a converter have. to convert the video clip to MP3. So I had the track and then later on found out it was a, a bonus track or an air finishing track on the album called Nymphetamine Fix. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and do you still listen to much of this stuff or is this more your gateway into some more? This is the stuff? gateway. Like um, I, I remember that the time I downloaded, this was pretty much the same time I downloaded uh, System of a Down's Toxicity. Um, and this was my rebellious era against my parents because they hated Cradle of Filth. They just absolutely despised it. Same as uh toxicity um didn't like it at all yeah. and i loved it because they hated it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this is the gateway into the heavy stuff i still kind of really need that um i, I look don't get me wrong i do love a bit of deathcore but i love the breakup of a bit of cleans Absolutely. you need some melody yeah, need something to reset the eardrums during the song. Can I ask a question that's completely unrelated to Cradle, mm. Cradle of Filth? But you, you just triggered me thinking about System of a Down. Is there a reason why people don't talk about them really much anymore? Like, did something happen? I couldn't even tell you. I'm sure there was. Yeah. They haven't done anything for a long time. I know, but a lot of bands haven't, and people still blow smoke up their ass. And I'm thinking System yeah. of a Down, to me, was still one of those early bands that I'm like, fuck, this is... Like the greatest shit. I don't know. Maybe some homework. Maybe for next week. Though. Someone might message yeah, you and say, "No, nah, they're cancelled." It wouldn't surprise oh. me in this day. Everyone's fucking Everyone cancelled. I reckon. I think there was a big blow up. I think they came back for that two track, and then they uh, the the band like imploded. Yeah, but that shouldn't stop people talking about them. But I think yeah, Toxicity is one of those albums. Yep. Classic. No, exactly right. Classic. Well, fuck. Let's uh, load. Up. Yeah, let's load it up.
Okay, so after Cradle of Filth, we had Fallout Boy, the patron saint of lies and fakes, and then Close Your Eyes, Valleys. Two massive. Fallout, Fallout Boy. Boy. Yeah, yeah, two massive tracks. Uh, the best Fallout Boy album, uh, probably second to From Under the Cork Trees, Take This to Your Grave. Fuck, you're just saying that because I just fucking said the exact opposite off the mic. <laughs> no, I went with a deep cut here, and Fallout Boy was always going to be in the playlist, um, and it took every kind of grain and strength for me to not put in... Um, oh, I've got an absolute mental blank um, off from under the cork tree. Sugar, we're going down swinging. That was the first song that I heard of Fall Out Boy, and that's what made me fall in love and then bought that from under the cork tree. We're back to take this to your grave. Um, patron I fell in love with because at the time of I'm – a, I'm a Fall Out Boy nut here, so I'm going to really go into it here. Um, so um, it's Patrick's highest pitch song that he ever does, and he doesn't play it live often, if not at all. And – it's where they get the track of the album. Um, it's just typical. It, it's what Fallout, that track is what Fallout Boy is to me. And that's the pop, pure pop punk. Um, what they are now in the pop rock, um, not the biggest fan of, but just that, that ridiculous lyrics, the catchy guitar, the drums, just everything about that song is it's fallout boy um and yeah that's what i love and i really wanted to do i didn't want to do like um tell mick or um from uh grand theft autumn it had to be a deep cut and this is probably the best deep cut that um from a fallout boy track without going into like the deluxe version bits and pieces but yeah patron saint is um it's just a an awesome, awesome track. I think you're right. This is probably the most deep deep cut song you could probably get off that album. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, where does this album then rank for you in regards to your favorite? Easy album? number two. <laughs> number two. <laughs> From under the cork tree is number one um, purely because that's the era of Fallout Boy that I first heard and fell in love with. Um, but then take this to your grave is just, yeah, like I said, it, it's that it, it's what fallout boy is and will always be to me. Um, I'm not going to be one of those wankers that sit back and go, no, they've changed. Yep. You know what they have. And I'm not going to sit there and be vocal about how bands change. You know what? I'll just listen to the old stuff and be happy in that era. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I love the debate around Fallout Boy because everyone has a different, like, point of when they said that they got shit. <laughs> I personally think Fall You Do is their, yeah. their best album, and then I think that's where it stops. Yeah, totally. Not that the stuff after that, I, I didn't I didn't mind yeah. some of the next albums, but I think it just progressively yeah. got worse. Yeah. Fucking, I know we just announced today on Instagram that May is jumping on the on the pod so um she's probably gonna keep throwing throwing, i'm sorry i'm sorry mate but um we'll have to we'll have to get you on for your uh your uh yeah i've got some pretty hot takes on old fallout boy so um i would love to come on and 
have a fob off with me. So, uh, yeah. Fobbed, bro. <laughs> Take you down, mate. No, I think... Um, and then... I just want... I mean, listeners, people probably... I mean, we know a lot of people that probably listen might know, but I need to know, how did you get your hands on that gold uh, from under the cork tree? Well, I need to know how you got because there's a few records I want to ask. Actually, there's this one. There's a few others I'm going yeah, to ask. Yeah, that's all right. How did you that get that gold one? At, so, back in the vinyl collective days, um, there was a couple of US guys that I uh, befriended. Um, one of them was a guy called Kyle, um, who actually worked for Field by Ramen back in the day, and I just got chatting to him like it was just a message board how much i love for that boy and kind of didn't get much of an opportunity in australia to see them and love the records and he messaged me out of the blue one day and goes oh you know i'm gonna buy a house and i've got this so he had an unplayable um gold with black rim a play and I don't know if you know about the whole discography of all that boy, but that was yeah. a playable goal with black rim. He had an overpress um green and black camo, uh take this to your grave. Oh, um, he had the one with the cards as well. He had everything. And you what wait, did you and you did you actually, um, I'll let you tell the story? And I so I said to him, uh, I'd I'd love the gold black rim because I've not seen it. Um, I've only ever seen at this point like four of the unplayable copies come up of on eBay for like fifty or sixty bucks. But they all said unplayable. And I said I'd love that one, and I'd love the um, the one with the cards because I, I like the. At this stage, I thought it was a cover. I didn't know it was these oversized cards. So I said uh... I want that because I had the blue. Take this to your grave, and I've always wanted that camo. And then. I think I ended up saying to him, yeah, I'll buy them. And he's like, oh, just give us like 60, 75 bucks each for them. And at that point in time, it's like tons of money. Like this is at a point in time when if you, like during my collecting days, I'd had test presses from My Chemical Romance Black Parade. I picked that up for 50 bucks and on – on Vinyl Collective back in that era, if you were selling a test press for more than 50 bucks, you were laughed at, like legitimately laughed at and going, you dudes are on drugs. Like, no way. Like, brand new, um, my favourite weapon tests I had. I've had a Deja Rontondu test. Um, just all these, like, I look back and think, fuck, the stuff that I had, Um yeah, oh, this breaks my heart because you've already the, oh, the, the black parade one blew my mind because I bought that for fifty bucks, got it, and I'm like, oh, it was just a black record, and then ended up like selling it for like sixty five dollars because I'm like, yeah, I'm in Australia, I've got to pay for shipping, so it was sixty five bucks. Um, but yeah, it was just like, and so being a Fallout Boy fan, I knew I was going to pay through the nose at seventy five dollars a copy, so I bought both of them for seventy five bucks and. When the package got here, there was a from under the cork tree test in there and the first press, take this to your grave test with the, the, the dance remix as well on the back of it. So for 150 bucks, he'd given me uh, the first press of both, but the rarest copies plus tests. And 
I just had them for yeah. forever until the the big sell off day. Fuck, yeah, that is hectic. So you don't have no, any of those. No, they went. So the... when I when I found when I found out the other record I was going to ask was the Mike yeah. M Black Parade test, and when I found out that, firstly, like. I just missed out of knowing you, Dave, before you sold the, the box set. I know, yeah. Alex, you also sold one right before I met you guys, which breaks my heart. And then secondly, I found out you had the test press. I was like, how the fuck did yeah. that happen? It was a wild <laughs> time vinyl collecting. Oh. Um, just, oh, that it was insane. Yeah. Some of the stuff that would go up, um, just, yeah, and no one was like, crazy like oh i need that i need that i need like it, the stuff that blew my mind that would go for high dollars was like the circus survived jaterna um picture disc and i don't know why i fucking hated that album so much and like <laughs> people are paying like two three hundred dollars for this i'm like i'll get the fallout boy album for like fifty dollars like it was unbelievable um but yeah, the tests that would go through that joint would just be insane. Because even today, if you jump on there, there's still like pure noise on there actively. Um, there's a lot of big labels that are active on there, and I mean, that's I don't know if you heard the story, but that's how I um, got in touch with Pure Noise to find the Fye. Um, what was the last Amity album that those that splatter? Everyone, Everyone loves, loves you. you. That yeah. I, I messaged Pete, um, Ian, and said, "Mate, where are these records? My mate's a massive Amity fan, and nobody can find them." He's like, "Let me go have a look." He just went out in the back, checked. He's like, "Oh yeah, I got two boxes here, full of them. We'll put them up soon." So the accessibility to the and these label heads were the ones that would just like sell the records off for fifty bucks and like tests, and they just wouldn't give two shits. And it was wild. I wish I could go back. It'd be so like my collection would be like ten times the size, I reckon. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I remember. Like, I wasn't, I didn't know what tests were, but I was used yeah. to see them in there. But like, that's where I got seeing the sorrow for like yeah. sixty dollars shipped from yeah. Canada, and like funeral for a friend yeah. hours, and like I didn't spend over a hundred dollars no. on a record until like. Yeah, ago. totally. It was like people would genuinely get up you for like selling for ten, fifteen dollars over for retail. Um, well, I mean, yeah. no, actually, double retail because retail back then was like I remember full whack retail, fueled by ramen, single LPs were fourteen ninety nine. So, um, yeah. like, still fifty bucks, and people are like, yeah, I just made like double my money on this record, and. It was wild. Yeah. In RSD 2012, someone went to RSD and picked me up the two first album, yeah. Amblin albums and yeah. Snapcase, picked them up for me, and then sent them out. Sent them out and it was like oh, 60 bucks. That's fine. Actually, I, can, I reckon I can. And like I just sent them the money and just trust, yeah. trust yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon I can pinpoint the time, and maybe you remember, Dave, when that forum went from this – we don't flip to then platforms. bang, we're flipping, and that's probably the Deja on Tondu uh, repress for record store day in the brown paper bag. Dude, that thing yep. just 
That was always three hundred dollars. Oh, I could never get it, see it. I got cheap. it from again a friend that bought it on Record Store Day, and he sent it to me. And people were paying three, four hundred dollars like a day after. I don't even know why. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Crazy. Do you no. still have that record? No, no, I record? sold that off in the in the great sale. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I sold off a lot of my brand new stuff when old mate did the uh did the did it the dirty it all cancelled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, the next track was Close Your Eyes Valleys, and this is another record going on the the yeah. the story. I saw this record on the Victory store for like two years for like yep. 19 And it was, I reckon that would, I picked this up actually, and it was the rarest out of the hundred, the blue one. I still got it. I picked it up for nine ninety nine on special. Just insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is my favorite close your eyes track. There's a few big, big songs on the first two albums. I do love the original singer Shane. Um, but this song I don't know. It just resonates so hard. And at, at a point in my life when things were going to shit, it was like this song just stuck. And if you listen to the lyrics, um, it resonates. Like, is there any point in trying to change? No matter what I do, it all stays the same. It's just that I was low at the point in time and it kind of just... Um, yeah, just stuck there. And it's still a song that I go back to when I'm feeling shitty and it's like, why do you why do you torture yourself more when you're feeling low and put on sad songs to really just emphasize that you're feeling like shite? So yeah, it's um Close Your Eyes was another kind of band I found with vinyl. Um, like Dave said, with Victory, I picked up that for nine ninety nine on special and I bought that at the same time with we will overcome and the a day to remember starburst series so all them were like 19 bucks and i i think because at the time shipping was starting to get up there and so i bought like six records so that was the all the starbursts bursts out of like 333 and whatever so i did that and then um yeah the two the two close your eyes albums and um got them sent over but so yeah, that was um, yeah, that's just a song that it just means a lot. Um, helps me get through the the mental problems that come up every now and then. Man, I, I think the victory stories of Dave tells is some of my most jealous stories because <laughs> I love victory and especially all the bands they had. And I remember this band. I remember watching the I'm Made of Wax premiere yep. on YouTube, or I think it was maybe, what was that other fucking, uh, what was that other like YouTube version that a lot of those bands used to release stuff on? Um, oh, what's it called? That's just another YouTube. Vimeo. Yeah, Vimeo. Yeah, Vimeo. Yes. I think it was on Vimeo. And I remember before they played that, the, um, was it a mm. song for the broken from the Massive record before? Track. Was like the single that had just come out. Yep. They're like new victory band, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. smashed that album. Um, and yeah, I never knew this album existed because I never actually went looking for a that second. Was the, so, that was the first uh, track I, I actually really ever heard this. was Song for the Broken. And just yeah. I, I, I saw it on 
or was it Vivo? It was one of them? Anyone? And I saw yeah. it on there, and they were yeah, they were dancing, or, like playing in the snow, and just catchy, catchy yeah. pop punk. Catchy and then shit. went yeah. into um, went into valleys, and the body is another song that just is epic. Yeah. Um, the first two albums are great, and I don't even know if you followed Close Your Eyes, but the third album, Line in the Sand, when Shane left, and they got a singer, a British singer in, who couldn't, like, do dirty vocals at all. Um, oh, really? But do you know who he was? So he, the who? guy that was in the third album was um, Sam, Sam Ryder, who was on Eurovision, who comes second for Britain. And with that Spaceman oh, song, yeah. I don't know if you've heard that, like ridiculous song, terrible. That's Unbelievable, wild. like small world. Like he's this tiny little US punk band to going on Eurovision like five or six years later. And, dude, that Sam Ryder's got a set of pipes on him. Listen to his duet with yeah. um, Alicia Keys. Holy – oh, no, him doing Alicia Keys is – dude can sing. Fuck, all right. So Probably. good. But don't listen to Space Man. That's just tripe. But it is Eurovision, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to these tracks. So the next uh, one's like a yes. newer one. Um, heavy, heavy hitter. I'm excited to talk. I think every song from here on out, uh, except for one, uh, are like some of my favourite yeah, songs. Yeah, so. the last set, oh. apart from the last two slash one, um, these are all super heavy Um to me personally, one is a dance, Gavin dance track, obviously with Tim. But yeah, the the next one, which is relatively new, I didn't even know existed until mm. Sean actually said, "Have you listened to Agnes Manners yet?" And I went, "Dude, I, who is Agnes Manners?" And he's like, "It's the clean vocalist from Hellions." I'm like, "Get the fuck out!" When did he release a song? I had no idea. Um, yeah, and. I went, right, I, I, Sean told me, I reckon, probably daily for about two months, have you listened to Agnes yet? Have you listened to Agnes yet? I'm like, no, nah, it just doesn't really kind of. I looked at the artwork, didn't grab me. And I went, right, fuck you, Sean, I'll have a go. And I was just a mess, like that first listen, and I just was like, is this album written about me? It was a time yeah. when I was struggling mentally with dad's passing, um, with alcoholism, other bits and pieces. Um, it was just rough. And this album where I don't know if you know the meaning behind Brilliant Blue, but that's the track. Um, but it's Matt's way of him trying to cope with the passing of his father um, I think I, I actually don't know exactly, but I, I'm assuming from cancer and just what he goes through and dives into with substance abuse um, to cope. And it's just a, a beautiful track and you can hear the pain in his voice and the whole album's just like that. And um I would have loved to put it on, but the track, The Old Man and the Sea, I can't listen to because that monologue at the end, 
of Matt's dad's mm. friend breaks me. Um, it just it hits too close to home, and it's just it, it's one of those albums where it'll it, it changed me. Like it's just it's so heavy. It's um it's just beautiful, and to have the honor of actually repressing it for Matt, um, it was like. I know I've got to work with these nuts and there's some pretty big bands that I can't talk about at the moment, but to do that album, man, that's probably top three easy. I mean, I think for me, this is one that I have similar feelings about um, and not necessarily this song, but there are songs on the record that I think anyone will find uh, will resonate yeah. with them on some way, whether it be this song, another song, um, and I, I think it's, I mean, we, I've spoken to you a lot about this so since I, I kind of got announced or just before it got announced. And I know I've spoken with Sean plenty about this as well. And I think this is seeing like the care, I guess, you guys have put into the press, the artwork, like the, you, you're doing it justice. And I think that's what uh, <clears throat> with 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 you guys in, in Stiff Cut Dream Division, I just think the care that goes into a lot of it, it, it really comes through. And I think seeing it with this record, because I think this was the first gatefold yeah. you, you announced, right? And I think like you, you, the foil cover and all that kind of stuff that you put into it, I think was uh, it just you could you could really feel that you really cared about it. And I think when this song came through the playlist, I mean, it makes so much sense now talking to you more about it. But um, yeah, this it's is a, a heavy track, track. And I hope people give if you've never listened to Fantasia Famish, um, please do me one favor and just listen to the album once. Just sit there and just listen to it because it is just, like Phil said, you will find a track that you love or it'll resonate with even if you don't like it. It's just... Sean and I often say to each other, it's on. we think it's on a par with the likes of Silverchair's Diorama. It is just... And that's probably a cold take, but... Um, means that much and talking to yeah. matt about it actually with because that was his first album after hellions and he said he just wanted to go hard with everything that they do and they wanted to, to they had a budget and they went to the nth degree on it and just everything that goes into it it there's you listen to it 10 times you'll hear a different thing it's um yeah, it's just a beautiful album yeah. Have you listened to much of this before this track, Dave? Yeah, I um, obviously it's not really my yeah. wheelhouse, and I really have made a conscious effort to to kind of give it those spins because you guys hold it in such a high regard, and and this is one of the songs that kind of grabbed me yeah. the most uh, from the album as well because it's just um, just it, it mm. really builds really well. And like obviously the feeling, the lyrics and stuff, but it, it kind of just has those, yeah, really good moments yeah. as well. That makes you the music makes you feel good, and then the lyrics make, bring yeah. it back down to earth. So it's, it's what we totally. live for here. It's almost our our mantra here at, yep. at press conference. So yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be a bit annoying here, Alex. How far away <laughs> are these? Presses? Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> Mate, the plant is absolutely killing me. Um, 
You know, I would love to have a definitive answer. Um, as maybe yeah. you don't know, or maybe the listeners don't know, we were using Clampdown in Canada, and the emphasis and keyword is there were. Um, so in the 12 presses we've had so far, seven of them had have had multiple plating failures. So more than half. Um, so oh, there's really? something fundamentally wrong. Um, and from a business point of view and a consumer's point of view, it's not good enough. I won't beat around the bush. Um, rep your hood, Fantasia, um, Stay True, um, Pandemic have all had not one, not two, but three failures and they're plating blowouts. So hmm. when a plating blowout happens, um, you've got to get it recut um, and you can't just go, well, if I've pressed 100, I can't go get another plate and then press the remaining 50. You've got to do the whole lot again because yeah, there could be inconsistencies. So, um, so, yeah, yeah it, I, it's painful, man. And we're using dunk now. Um, way, way, way less time. Um, I think nicer, nicer variants, but I probably biased. But yeah, look, I'm. I've been told. Well, tests are in, as you know, Phil. Um, uh, yep. Presses. It's on the press now. Um, but I'm hoping within the next four weeks. But well, I'll know as soon as I've got it. I'm just See. that. That release is yeah. the one. Like I've got the gatefolds here because I got them made in Australia. So I've got the gatefolds. I just don't have the records. <laughs> it is. It's just a constant reminder that, uh, uh, you know, it's all it's all part and parcel, I guess, but it's just I hate disappointing people. And I know people are like, oh, it's fine. You know, it is what it is. No, it's not. It's not what it is. It's not. <laughs> We're not in COVID anymore. We're out of it. It should only take three months. Yeah. Anyway, um, I hope they'll be special. Well, no, right. no, sorry, no, sorry no. Sorry to ask. ask. I had to ask. I had Please to ask. ask. I mean, well, let's load that up because I think, yeah, enjoy this track, listeners, because this is this is a good one. I don't want to be in the boys' club thing like we're nineteen. Making the same tired jokes to make us feel we belong here. How could anybody be more full of shit than me if I believe that I'm any different? That I'd be better than this if you'd let me. Junkyard dogs carry on singing capricious songs We're staring into shallow ponds for a substitute for God And I'm being lost, but I'm moving on Sunday afternoon, it's been a month, I'm happier I'm somewhere near We're gonna round everyone up Get some drinks into the park, take some mushrooms. Long 
nights at the bar Catching up with me and now I'm flooded with the gratitude It's all she can allow I'm surrounded by my friends Fighting all that fear out With this bottle in my hand This cigarette's in my mouth So I can't share it By that brilliant blue Brilliant blue The brilliant Brilliant blue 
she isn't perfect either. But the question is whether or not you're perfect for each other. That's the whole deal. That's what intimacy is all about. start to that so brilliant blue by agnes manners followed by you feel it too by moxie the band 
and then followed by Die Another Day by Dance Gavin Dance. Um, big bracket. Talk to us about yeah, Moxie. So Moxie was a super um, unintentional listen. So I was part of the Dance Gavin Dance group. They're, they're a Sacramento band like Dance Gavin Dance. Um, the singer is oh. Amber De La Rosa, and I got into her solo stuff and loved it. Um, just pop. Um, she does some really cool covers of, like, Lady Gaga and whatnot. Um, then out of nowhere, she just said, right, I'm joining a band with um, some of the members from A Lot Like Birds. So, um, yeah, she joined with the keyboard and, I think, drummer or bass to jo- to, to make Moxie the band. Um, and this song... Um, it probably needed an introduction, so I, uh, please, listeners, if you want to go back and listen to it, really listen to the lyrics and um, becoming a dad um, really kind of puts different light on things and um, worries. I don't even know why I'd worry about this, but listen to the lyrics, and it's her battle with epilepsy um, and how everything gets lost and it's just her explaining or trying to sing um, about or, or try to convey what it's like. Um, and it's some really like, and I'm sure Dave, you you probably understand when you like see a video of somebody that's might have epilepsy or, or another kind of, I don't know what the word is. I am an issue and it cuts you. It's like, I just don't want that to happen to anyone, um, especially my kids. And there's a rough um, clip of her performing this song and mid during the hot, during the actual song, she's like puts her head back and it looks like she's just really enjoying the music and that's her having a seizure. And, then she comes out of it and then the band keeps kind of playing because they've been kind of told to just keep going and make it look normal. And um, it's just her fight and not knowing when that's going to happen um, and just kind of gets right right into the old heart and makes me think that, you know, my mental state at some points in my life uh can get pretty pretty low and bad, but there's people like Amber and there's people that are fighting uh, cancers every day. And I just think, dude, I'm lucky to be able to do something that I love and not have that worry. Um, I mean, I, like I'm a type 1 diabetic and I think I'm the luckiest person alive to be able to have this versus what. Amber De La Rosa goes through, or um, what's old mate's name, um, Lewis Capaldi. Like that dude. Every time I see him, just yeah. he's amazing. Like just, uh, I, I'm not trying to yeah. say he's amazing because he's got Tourette's, but the the front that they are to knowing that they live with this and are continually doing what they love is just an inspiration. And I know that's so cliche, but, um, yeah, just guys like that and girls just are are really inspiring. 
It's really interesting that epilepsy one uh, because there's a, a girl that I know, she lives in the UK and she's got epilepsy and they basically can't control it at this point. So basically she had a fit getting <laughs> off the tube in in London and like got trampled basically by a crowd Jesus. of people. Bruises everywhere, fell down, falls downstairs and like yeah. kind of stuff and it's it's brutal. It's really hard and these little complaints that normal people like like us have in their day to day lives that yeah. can ruin a day really don't Yeah, really totally. Like in perspective. Yeah, you're dead right and um you'll get there, Phil. It's your world changes when you have kids and it's it's so hard to kind of convey into words, but you just don't want anything like that to happen to anyone. Um, and it's just so scary to think that, you know, these people, they've got parents that are thinking the exact same way as what I think about my kids. And yeah, it's just a, it's a rough song. If you go back and listen to the lyrics, it's just, it's it's sad. Like um, I it's such an a, just an awesome track. It, it's it's a beautiful pop song. Um, the harmonies, the the synths in them is just amazing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an awesome track. It's really awesome. I enjoyed it. I didn't realize it was that sad, yeah. so I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to it. I thought I listened to it pretty closely, but. Enough. Yeah, especially like when she gets um, into the chorus of like all the colours lose their vibrance. That's why loneliness is violent. And if you if you just think in your head that um, she's talking about epilepsy, um, it all kind of just clicks and you think, fuck, that's heavy. Yeah. Fuck. Um. There's been Damn. some heavy tracks on this list. It's uh, yeah. Sorry to bring yeah. everyone down. This has been right, Alex. Thanks for opening no. This up, is good. Alex. This is right. No, like really, thank you for opening up because it's like this is my sad boy playlist. I reckon. Well, the last half is anyway. Yeah. Speaking of sad boy songs, uh, yes. we're back to dance, Gavin dance, head part three. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dave. <laughs> you can go. You can go get coffee if you want. <laughs> I was gonna make a um a joke about this song before Alex said it was like had that sad and happy meaning. I thought it was gonna be the cover of the yeah. song from James Bond, but Oh my fucking god. <laughs> I just thought I'd drop that at the start and you yeah, guys can well, at it. <laughs> could be the same as like Fallout Boy did with Thriller, but you know. Um yeah, no. Die another day. Yeah. Um The track itself, like I mean I think anyone that listens to Dance Gavin Dance the first time, second, tenth time, you hear Tillian sing and, you know, it makes some sort of sense. And then you hear John and it's like, what is he pulling out? Like, so the song itself. <laughs> clip that yeah, up. Clip that up. That's like, good. That's what are good. you talking about? It's like the secret band. He's like the other, other band minus the cleans. Yeah. It's just like, you, you think, what has he taken to be able to, like, come up with these words? So the song itself really doesn't kind of, like, the lyrics are catchy, the 
bloody tunes, amazing. It gives me shivers. The the, the start o- where he where Tillian says start over. Um, that just sends shivers up my spine every time. I think it's the it, it's it's like anything with music. Your brain kind of makes this this it forms this relationship with the song. Um, do with something at the time yeah. and. Like I said at the top, this song, it just, it was the first song after Tim's death and having the experience that I did with Tim at the gig and then obviously with going on family trips to Fraser or Gary, can't call it Fraser anymore, cancelled. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just got a deeper meaning and, you know, we all, we get on the beach with the four-wheel drive and we put this song on and... My wife Lauren, myself, Zoe, and Leo, uh, like Leo's five, Zoe's seven, six. We all sing it, and it's just one of those memories that yeah. will hold true for forever. And I think it'll be a song that we continually put on the playlist to go to Gari and listen to. Um, it's, yeah. I think, and this is probably a hot take, I reckon this is. Dance, Gavin Dance's best song ever. Um, it's just catchy, hooky, um, the perfect mix of yeah. John's crazy lyrics with Tillian's unbelievable voice. Just epic. Matt, yeah. Matt Farrow's favourite song too. I think the one thing for me that... Uh this song special, especially with that Tim connection is I feel like this part yeah. of the record is perfect for Tim. And I think out of all dance, Gavin dance records, the yeah. feels bad man right beforehand, arguably yeah. one of the best songs totally. on bass for the yeah. whole band ever, in my opinion, goes into this track, yeah. which is got everything in it. And then you've got like two secret yeah. weapons and polka dot dobbins where yeah. it kind of back to the John mess being John mess, but there's this run. And I feel like it's so yeah. it takes you on a roller coaster. feels bad. Yeah. Man's pretty standard, right? But it then yeah. makes this song so much more special right after. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I don't blame you for thinking this is one of the best. And I think especially Jackpot Juicer totally. probably has some of the best I mean, songs of all time. I, I'm um, sorry we're turning this into a Dance Go and Dance podcast, Dave, but like Mothership is like my favourite <laughs> album. But like I think with the circumstances surrounding Jackpot Juicer, um, it's just oh, it, it, it has a whole new meaning. And I think if Tim was still alive, um, I'd probably be here with a mothership album, a, a mothership song, probably. Um, yeah, uh, song ten. I can't even remember. Uh, anyway, I got it tattooed. Um, no, ah, um, uh, I just, I just crashed my car and it got me thinking of, thinking of you, betrayed by uh, the game. By it would have been that song. Um, yeah just because that was the song that uh, again reminded me of my old man. So, um, so yeah, it, I think that the album just took a whole new meeting after Tim's death. And um, yeah, that's just how this jackpot juicer resonates. And, and it's funny too, because my wife, Lauren, she's a massive like Robbie Williams, G flip kind of fan. And Dance, Gavin Dance has been her gateway into heavy stuff and Jackpot Juice had dropped and I'd come home and she's got the album blaring on like the on the Google home and awesome. it's just 
So I'm like, this is sick. And she was listening to it constantly. And so I then say, oh, go back to yeah. Mothership. No, I don't like that. No, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Idola. No, I don't like that. Oh, I only like Jackpot Juicer. So. I think Idola is, is what enabled me to liking the architect led me yeah. to liking dance Gavin dance. And then this song was the one that was like, all right, this is, yeah. I kind of get it. Cause what I used to focus on was the, the mixed time yes, signatures totally. and the mathiness of it. And really it put yeah. me off in my head. And after talking with Phil a lot, I kind of trained after myself. After talking at you about it. Talking at me. <laughs> but it really convinced me to kind of let go of that, traditional mindset yep. of how a song should yep. be and then that really helped me and this is structured like a oh, fairly basic structure it but is like it's still got yep. those little random bits in there and yeah so actually like this is the only dance gavin dance album i own at the moment and like it's it's great it's just one of those ones that i don't yeah. seek out all that often but when i put it on i enjoy it because it's like it's like three times the length of the normal hardcore <laughs> album for me, so like, I really sit through it. <laughs> He's like three songs in, it's like, oh, that was a good album. And then yeah. like 15 more songs play, and you're like, what the It was fuck? a big album, don't you? Yeah. That was a massive, like, lengthwise too. Like, it's a big album. Yeah. It's yeah. an hour and three minutes long, so, like... Have yeah. you, now, <laughs> speaking of Idola and I The cannot. Architect, have you gone back to, to speak to listen? Because that, I think, is like a hundred times better than The Architect. It is so oh, good. Really? It's raw. Don't get me wrong. It is so good, though. I'm just a Wells fan, man. Like, I love him. Yeah. He's good. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think from Swancore adjacent bands, I think I probably really? prefer Royal Coda more than a dollar. Oh, I love I Royal what Coda. what it is about um, It just does my head in. It's just, no, but I think just, the, especially the last two albums, I think they're just yeah. some of the best albums. Yeah. Best. No, I, it's, um, it goes da- but... Dance Gavin Dance and then Idola and Wolf and Bear. Like the new Wolf and Bear song, because of Andrew Wells. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Wells. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. But, yeah, no. Like, um, see, Andrew Wells is the new Patrick Stump for me because – Anything that Patrick Stump back did back in the right. day with like gym class heroes, um, like he, I was right. seeking it out. Like anything with Patrick on it, I was there. Um, but now Andrew Wells, like he did this feature with Secret Garden, this weird kind of not even big band. Like I'm down. Like I bought the record. I need that record because it's got Andrew Wells on it for that one yeah. track. So yeah, I probably should have put an dollar song on here. Can I just say? Can I just say, I mean, and this is my last bit on Dance Gavin Dance. I'm not sure if you've seen the playlist from their first oh. night in their LA run of Jackpot Juicer before they come here. Yeah. But they end on Evaporate. And I'm like, when when Andrew Wells does that bit, I'm going to... I'll be crying. <sighs> I'm going I'm to be really giddy. I'm going to be giddy. <laughs> I can't wait. Anyway, so that's all I'm going to say about Dance Gavin Dance today. DGD done. <laughs> it's okay. Don't be sorry. I just remembered that I forgot my when Alex just said Patrick Stump. I forgot to pop in with my favorite Fallout Boy song. What is it? It's the Spidey <laughs> Friends intro. <laughs> 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 anyway, 
This is a useless comment again. <laughs> Clip it up. What's going on the socials? Yeah. <laughs> it's stuck in my head forever. Hey, yeah, just... So, um... Yeah. They're so good. This, like... I'm probably going to listen to this after Jackpot Juice is going awesome. on after this, I think. Very good. Uh, so, we're moving... Yeah. Moving into the last song. I got you on the technicality songs. too, because you said 10 songs and can I have an extra one if it leads in, please? <laughs> no. We're, we're, so here now, for, we're here for the doubles. Yeah, I've got to finish it. Yeah, and, and we love Alira. Last track is We Will Never Know Why Flowers Grow Through yep. the Cracks in the Pavement. Massive. Uh, um, massive. Uh, personally, Stiff Cut, um, friends just everything um and i think like i said with uh die another day it kind of has taken a whole new meaning but flowers especially just ever since their announcement of um expanding hiatus don't even know so don't ask me please um flowers has taken on a whole new meaning um (laughs) It's, I was there for the whole kind of, um, not so much the writing process. I got to see all the bits and pieces that go behind with um, Corey and Hayden writing and Martin. And just the way these guys work, um, I wish I could show you how they work because, and, you know, I'd give anything for them to, still be doing what they do and continue because their work ethic is insane. And it's why I kind of, I won't call it a signing cause it's not a legitimate signing. It's a kind of a partnership and that's why I wanted to offer it to them because the way that they handle themselves on and off the stage, um, I'm sure you, well, you guys know the way that they, um, made Zoe feel at her first metalcore gig. Um, they uh, whatever they do, I know that they'll be successful because they're they're just amazing humans. And man, they can write songs. Um, this was this two track was the one that kind of um, SCR helped put out. And that's why it got put under the We Are SER banner. And, yeah, just got to see them. It was always going to be like two individual tracks. And then I don't know at what point Hayden or Corey said, let's do this, um, we will never know, hardcore kind of short track that runs into flowers. And um, it's such – they're two such different tracks – um sonically but they just tie in together so well and hearing them play it live for the first and last time um back with head wreck man they just nailed it and i uh i really hope that if it's not a lira it's some other form of genre because it's just that kind of song that again tweak something in my brain that i love and um yeah flowers kind of hurts now to listen to (laughs) it really does 
Yeah. I think because we obviously had the boys on when yeah. We Will Never Know came out. And just the timeline of when this happened. So we did that episode. That song came out. And at the same time was when you shipped out those seven-inch yeah. acetate run, right? And I remember getting that seven-inch and being like, hey, listen to this. This sounds so fucking cool. It's something's coming up. Like, we don't – yeah. we, we assumed yeah. Alira because yeah. it came from you. And we're like, yeah, it seems like something Alira would do. But we didn't know. And then when We Will Never Know came out, we remember talking to Dave and we're like, there's something coming after this. Like, it just yeah. ends – doesn't feel quite right. And I didn't know yeah. if that intro would play into it, right? And then Flowers came out, and I remember Dave, and you can probably talk to this better than I can, but we were like, this just feels like the good old days yeah. of post-hardcore screamo, in my yeah. opinion. And it just had hit all the right fucking notes. Hayden's vocals are probably some of the best of any Alira song, in my opinion, um, from like the way he sings yeah. the cleans to like how high he yeah. goes, and then he screams. Yeah. And it's just fucking got everything, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Dave, like you, you could probably articulate it better than me, but like... <laughs> yeah, and I think... Like the use of bass yeah. in just in that one section, Tony's vocals, like he has just like taken the bass it's and he's screaming insane. by storm. Like he's yeah a monster <laughs> when he when he does. I remember the Parish Fest. He did that feature and like yeah. the, the mic was so turned all the way yeah. up. Yeah, and like you can just see like how much yeah. they care about it, but. Yeah, it just took me back straight back to the heyday of yeah. Silverstein, Under Oath, yeah. like those kinds yeah. of bands from first to last, all that kind of stuff. It just made me yeah. feel like I was in high school, made me really yeah. sad and then like happy um, at the same time. I don't know about you guys, but that the We Will Never Know part of the track, the, the hardcore-y kind of track. Um, yeah. I'm sure there is, and I know I've got a bias here, but... Like I don't, I've never heard a song where it's refined because it's obviously mixed, mastered, done all the do. But it, Hayden's vocals, like that crackling in the high scream, just like I don't know how they did it. It is. It's, it's harrowing. It's like it's it, it like it just makes you feel and like it's fucking. A, it is. It is so break. amazing, and I don't know if you guys noticed it because. Well, um, when they played, I don't know if it was It Live or it might have been Never Meant to Go This Way, but where Hayden changed his voice and did this kind of, instead of the elongated scream, it was like a <laughs> scream that went through. And just hearing, that was the first, like I know I've listened to them constantly, like over and over and over again while cutting lathes, but hearing it live, and hearing him nail it to the point where it was even amped up higher than what the the studio recording is just yeah it, yeah. it kind of i think it, that's what makes it hurts hurt hurt that little bit more because it's like we never got to see an album <laughs> i wanted a full length yeah, tell me about and it. i'm yeah and I'm, I'm sure you have too but i remember like tony's Tony, was it? No, I've seen them play a show and they yeah. played songs that have been unreleased. And I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to get to hear that. <laughs> like, I'm, and, and, and to be honest with you, when they, they went to the show and we spoke about it on the pod, I was, mm. I was in a bit of denial. I was like, this is just a Lyra being a bit cheeky, a bit yeah. secretive. They're, they're going to be back. And then like a day or two later, yeah. Hayden put up his post yeah. and I was, I was talking to Aaron. Um, and I was like, dude, I'm fucking real. Yeah. Like this is, 
and I mean, to Ben, like I know for you, especially like you've ridden that process from Beware the Snake all the way through, like being a simp, like, you know, same thing with the vinyl, but seeing their shows, like, I can't remember a band that yeah, I've that driven actually, around the country for, like, you yeah. know, I've driven up to Newey for the house show, went down with Matt and Aram to Melbourne mm. for a weekend, pretty much just to see Alira, right? Like, um, I was at their first show in Melbourne, like it just, everything seemed to tee up with them really well. And, um, yeah, yeah I'm Devo because yeah. I'm, I'm I hope they though, see all. I'm pretty sad yeah, too. Yeah, I, I, I kind of hope. And I mean, look, you you never want to, you never want to push creative or creativity, and it's got to be organic. And I think that's why it worked so well for Alira. And um, you de- yeah. yeah, you definitely don't want to to push that or force it. And the guys know, and I know for a fact that Tony and Hayden they know that like people are taking it hard and they love messages and seeing it all. I really hope that um, if nothing eventuates and Hayden moves on to whatever, or Tony moves on to whatever, I really hope that I'll be able to have a final farewell of beware the snake and do a pressing. And I'm not promising anything. I'm not even saying that it's in the works, but, I would just love to have it done and done to the nth degree, like just really go hard at it. So, yeah, you went pretty hard with it. I'm not gonna uh, look, the lays are amazing. <laughs> I still, I, I still got to pinch myself that I sat there for 110 copies of of an EP that I listened to. 110, well, actually more because there was definite fails in there. Um, stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Started think, it all. And, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that's it's amazing just to think it started it all and it's a great way to close off the playlist. Um, I think these tracks, I'm, I'm sure like Dave, you probably agree. The listeners at home hopefully agree. It's yeah. been an absolute ride. Uh, an absolute pleasure, Alex, for, I mean, hearing one of these stories, man, like it's, it's amazing. And that's why we started this pod is for stories like this. Um, some like I knew a little bit about, but there's so much I've learned. I'm just like, this is a great Uh, collection of songs. I I admire what you guys do and I love that you've got your, uh, your creative outlet and I love listening to it every week and get the notification on podcasts that says press conferences up and, um, just to see how much it's changed. And I really appreciate having me on. It's been such a wild ride. Sorry to the listeners if I've rambled on like I do. I do love a good chat. But um, no, I uh, if you guys keep doing what you're doing, it'll just get bigger and bigger. And, you know, I love it every week I'm there. It's um, it's so much fun. Yeah. Ah, dude, Thanks, I'm here. I'm, really appreciate I'm in. it. And like you, you've been a massive help for us too. Like you helped us with, or especially more so Dave, but I'm assuming with like a bit of sound stuff, the soundproofing stuff like works, works an absolute charm. And I think we sound a bit uh, better because of you really. So the feedback. Um, oh, really dude, great, so I can, really um, appreciate it. Yeah. That's my daily is soundproofing and acoustic. So yell at me if you ever need it, but you know, it's, um, um, I, I love helping it out. And like I said, seeing you guys like go from strength to strength is just, it's awesome. Like it's just seeing you guys doing what you love and what what you might want to do or want to do, and yeah, you can see you can really see it. And yeah. um, 
such a cool little scene. I'm so happy I met you guys. And obviously yeah, the friendship's going to be there for a lot longer and we get to keep just uh, helping each other not spend money on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> <sighs> Um, is there, uh, Alex, before you go, is there anything you want to plug um, for the listeners <laughs> who've made it this no, far? No, I think I've said everything. They know I'm with Stiff Cut now. <laughs> so, uh, no, like, uh, I actually talked to Sean before jumping on the pod and said, is there anything I can leak? There's nothing I can leak. Um, but, no, um, no <laughs> there isn't anything. There's, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think... Um, one thing for people to do is listen to that Fantasia Famish album for me. Yeah. Definitely do it. Um, yeah. But thank you. Um, sweet. And and I'll see you I'll see you for oh, Dance Kevin Dance Alex, don't worry. We continue on the part four in person. Sorry, Dave. You don't have we'll have a full out boy episode <laughs> and then a Dance Kevin Dance episode. Done. That's it. Cool. We'll have cool. to do a fast oh. five swan core. Can't do that. That's going to be tough. I think the listeners have had enough death. It'll be fun. I can bring up one call, Dave. I want to keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine. I've got to go to bed. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm getting it ages ago. But, uh, no, thanks yeah. so much for having me, guys. Anytime. Appreciate it, Alex. Thanks, Alex. We'll speak to you soon. See ya. See you, mate. How about that ride in? Thank you so much, Alex. That was uh, amazing, I guess. One of my favourite convos so far. Uh, and just thanks for the songs and, and, and the time to, I guess, go through all of them. Absolutely. I'm with you, Phil. Um, I had a ball recording this one. And they just keep getting better and better. Thanks, everybody, for listening so far. I know these ones can be long ones, and uh, but I think the stories and everything are worth it. Uh, please don't forget to follow, subscribe, and leave a review and rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps the show a lot. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at press.con.pod on both platforms. We have also launched the Press Conference Society Facebook group. We've actually had a few people join. So people are listening and they're, they're coming on. So uh, watch out, world. Uh, we'll start using it more. Yeah, please go and join and get involved in that convo. Uh, get some early mail about some future episodes. And as always, we love the feedback and the convo is generated, right? So please just let us know what you think. We don't care if it's good feedback or bad feedback, like all feedback's good feedback. So let us know what you think. Uh, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to queue up the last track, which is Alira. We will never, we will never know, and why flowers grow through the cracks in the pavement. Enjoy. Rest in peace, Alira. Rest in peace, boy. Why you out of